position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello and welcome to episode number 155 of the Best Linux Games Podcast being recorded for you here on this glorious uh, Friday morning, Friday the 13th, again! What the fuck? Again! For reals, we have a dis- disproportion, I was thinking about this, anyway, Friday the, four- Friday the 13th, uh, 2017 of October, at 4.15am Pacific Coast Time, that would make it for our sequel friends, uh, 2017, 10, 13, uh, at 4.15am PST, and, uh, why is my screen going dead? Okay, there we go, alright, crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth, who's fired, holding up the whiskey sign, thank you Ivor, whiskey, it does a body good, well, we have a normal size show for you this week. A lot of cool stuff that we want to talk about, so let's get straight to our top stories. Uh, first of all, our top stories, Friday the 13th, again. Okay, so, this show was originally devised, designed, devised and designed, and machine assembled, hand-chopped, lowered, and lugered for you, the audience. You, the listener! Um, 
to uh, <laughs> sorry, just getting a text message there. Um, to be delivered on Friday night because uh, for better part of a decade, I spent my Friday nights playing piano in front of people on the strip. Um, and uh, I have always hated Fridays ever since. Those days ended roughly around 2008. So, in that sense, you know, because there's, there's a number of factors that make that good. Like, you know, okay, well then people have the weekend to enjoy their podcast or whatever. And it, you know, gives them a head start on, this is before weekend deals, because we are next week will be our three year anniversary in terms of number of episodes. It's already been our three year anniversary in terms of week by week we cover blow by blow or attempt to. All the sad pirate truths we know. But anyway... What I'm trying to say here is, ultimately the fact that we were designed to be produced and released on a Friday kind of, you know, lines us up for a disproportionate number of shows that um, occur synchronistically, well, not synchronously, no, synchronously with Friday the 13th. For instance, let me give you a a contrary example. Um, If you were Tuesday Night Live, and you were three years into your show of weekly shows that only are broadcast on Tuesday nights, you would very, it would be a humongous statistical anomaly for you to have any Friday the 13th air dates on your shows. Not so much for us, but just the same. It's only been three years, and it feels like we've had 27 fucking shows that have aired on Friday the 13th. How often, let's ask Google. Thank you, Ivor. Ivor's packing up his bags. How often is Friday the 13th? I remember a friend of the show, Jeff Jeffy Wise, and I got into an argument about this. Um... It can, uh, which can be... The growing calendar falls on a Friday, which can be the case at least once every year and up to three times a year. In 2017, it occurs twice, on January 13th and October 13th. There will be two Friday the 13th per year until 2020. See, I told you, I was ahead of the curve. That's according to Wikipedia. Anyway, so Friday the 13th, again, Merasmus, which it... Anyway, we won't spookify you this week, although we do have a scary game for you. So, other top stories this week, our column, Road Redemption. Check it out, www.bestlinuxgames.com and read all of our 700 words of excellent <laughs> uh, coverage of Road Redemption, which is like Road Rash. But don't worry, we'll be talking more about that because, oh, what's up at next in our top stories? Our feature this week, wait for it, is also Road Redemption. Um, so that'll do us uh, for our top stories. Let's get straight to our new and noteworthy. Hey, Ivor, you fucking lazy prick. Oh, God. I'm trying to light a cigarette. Trying to run the show. Ivor is... He's inconsolable. Here we go. All right. All right. We're in control. 
We are not in control. Shit! I was a North American fall when worm in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. So, first off, in our new and noteworthy, uh, we have Goken. G-O-K-E-N. This is a... I've worked... Before you... Before you... Uh, uh, let's have some whiskey. What the fuck is going on with my Steam client here? There is no audio for Oh, God. Anyway, Goken currently builds itself as it's currently on sale, which is weird to see in the Steam store copy. Goken is an action-filled RPG where you're in the search for the Lost Five Swords and maybe even saving the world, too. Um, recent reviews have been mixed. It came out September 28th, 2017. Overall, the reviews have been mostly positive. Only 36 reviews. I've been playing this. I bought this game. Um, and it does have minor share of irritations, but if you're looking for a hand-drawn uh, like Zelda Link to the Past kind of clone um, you know, demi-isometric hand-drawn, beautiful art, really cool characters, it's not perfect, but it is really good um, with, you know, role-playing game aspects to it, then check out Goken G-O-K-E-N I don't even know if I'm saying that right Goken, Goken Gherkin, Merkin Her- Can Hieronymus Merkin ever forget mercy hump and find true happiness? Tune in next week when we discover the real truth My Hieronymus Okay, so that is our first new noteworthy Haha <laughs> Up next, we have a game that is scary. Which I started to play. I bought it. I started to play it, even though I hate scary games. It is called Hegis Grasp. H-E-G-I-S apostrophe, as in possessive. Grasp. G-R-A-S-P. Which builds itself as, can we get, like, something? Hage's Grasp is a story-driven atmospheric survival horror game. Play as Henry Wood, a curious journalist investigating rumors of what is happening to the once peaceful village. Hage's. It will be up to you how this story ends, but first, you must survive. The insanity of the natives within this damned place. Um, let me give you a better voiceover for that, by the way. Hage's Grasp is a story-driven atmospheric survival horror game. Play as Henry Wood, a curious journalist investigating rumors of what is happening to the once peaceful, peaceful village, Hages. It will be up to you how this story ends. But first... You must survive the insanity of the natives within this damned place. Cool things about Hage's Grasp, which, by the way, is available now, came out, uh, mm, no user reviews, came out October 12th. Um, Hage's Hages Grasp, H-E-G-I-S, Grasp, now through October 19th is 10% off at $7.19 
But I will tell you one thing that I found very interesting about this game. Apart from the fact that it is... I mean, I've only played it for, what, 0.3 hours last two weeks. Um, which would mean tonight, before I started recording the podcast. They're dear... They're dears. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Dear, as in Bambi. As in Bambi's mom. As in other targets that must be eliminated publicly for maximum exposure. Anyway, um, Aegis Grasp, Aegis Grasp takes place in like a I'm not sure if it's World War 1 or World War 2 Oh my god, they actually have a screenshot of the glowing eyed deer. They're deer who are appear at the top of the hill at one point after many other creepy things happened during the introduction sequences there, trust me this is like the first fucking seven minutes of the game, I'm not ruining anything for anyone who wants to have the shit pissed out of them via their own scare mechanisms that are built into their own biology um yes, I did just say the shit piss, anyway, whatever, you parse it you deal with it but these deer are backlit. It's set like in either World War One or World War Two. I'm not sure where, other than it's at Hages, this town that they made up, I think. And so it's like a nondescript location with really, really cool um, environmental graphics. It's moody and sunny and foggy and mountainy and atmospheric. And you are being conveyed at the very opening by a horse-drawn carriage. And you... It's weird, though. World War One is so hard to fucking figure out because, one, if you were in America, it went on for a long fucking time and killed so many fucking people. And, two, there are so many um, players in World War One that it's difficult, even if you're expert at identifying uh, the uniforms, it's kind of hard to determine. So anyway, it's either World War One or World War Two, but it is very World War One or very World War Two. Um, I know that sounds like that statement those makes it sound like I have no idea what I'm talking about. That's okay. Because I don't know if it's set in World War One or World War Two, but you are wearing essentially um, like a British captain uniform, like in the trenches type of uniform with one of those huge, you know, eventually Russian style hats that we associate with like, you know, golden eye or whatever, Soviet style hats, Soviet era. So like 40 years later style hats. Anyway, I come up this hill, man, and I'm like looking for some way to get past the gate, man, in my uniform, man. And uh, I, the 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 sun is setting at the horizon, at the at the ridge line, at the crest of this hill, this little road, this little path, this little trail, man. And they went from house. Fuck it, we're doing it. No, we can't. Anyway, so the deer are backlit, and I could... Whatever. 
I can see from their silhouettes that they're backlit and they must be deer or horses, but they look like deer. Maybe massive dogs, I don't know. But then they see me and they look down at me and their eyes are glowing amber. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's enough. That's why I don't play scary games. So that's Hages's grasp. Um, scary game, scary poem. Uh, Lincoln, Lincoln, I've been thinking, what the heck have you been drinking? Is it water? Is it wine? Oh my God, it's turpentine. Scary poem. Hages Grasp now through October 19th. 10% off, $7.19, down from $7.99. It's very pretty. It's, you know, it's an independently developed survival horror, first person shooter, kind of third person shooter kind of game. Came out October 12th. Check it out. And then finally, uh, according to uh, Joe Jokimon Kendall's, uh, wishes. We have Super Blood Hockey, which I also bought. I've not been able to play it that much yet. It's $7.99. Super Blood Hockey builds itself as Revive the Golden Age of Arcade Sports Gaming with Super Blood Hockey, a violent homage to classic 8-bit and 16-bit ice hockey games. The focus here is on the fighting and the mayhem and um, it's very faithful to hit the ice, or whatever the fuck, um, the old, there's not been many good, but it's, it's, it's pixel caliber, super blood hockey, came out August 17th, so far, the recent reviews have been very positive, overall, all reviews, very positive, 156 reviews, I spent five seconds playing it, but one cool thing about super blood hockey, is it does have online multiplayer built into it, and local multiplayer. Or wait, no, it doesn't say that. Although it says that in the menu. What? Anyway, Super Blood Hockey is $7.99. Let, let, let's just see. We're going to press the play now button because... Oh, that sucked. I thought there was online play for, for it, but it I don't know. I don't know. We will have a fact check on that next week because I could have sworn that there was online play for it in the menu, but it's not there anymore. Maybe I've just gone <laughs> completely insane. Let's have some whiskey. That concludes our new and noteworthy that would be Goken, Hages Grasp, and Super Blood Hockey. Um, that brings us up to our feature this week, which is, of course, Road Redemption. What do you think? Oh, my God. It's the Libyans. The Libyans! They're gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. The Libyans! 
So our feature this week is Road Redemption, which is fucking rad. So if you're of a certain age, and I know I keep bringing this up with these old school playalikes that are fucking rad, but I guess it's because they are old school playalikes. If you're of a certain age, meaning if you're old as fucking dirt like me, like I am, huh, and I know that those who are old as... Anyway, do you remember when they invented gunpowder to contain the dinosaurs three million years ago. (laughs) Anyway, there was a game originally for, I want to say the Sega Genesis, and then eventually for the Game Gear, and then eventually for Windows called Road Rash. Now, the key features of Road Rash were that it was you took on a kind of, um traditional motorcycle riding experience along static tracks, eventually I think they were randomly generated maybe from the beginning, but who the fuck knows it doesn't really matter because the tracks only go one way, these are street tracks, so it's, it's like rally race, point to point racing now, the innovative thing about Road Rash was it added the ability to use weapons to take out your opponents. And these weren't like, you know, science fiction weapons. These were biker type weapons. Swing a chain. You know, oh yeah, and then you hit the guy on your right with a chain or you hit the guy on your left with a chain. But if you're not swinging the chain on the left, you can't hit the guy on the left. You could also kick people into opposing traffic and stuff. Um, kick them off the track. Tire irons. Um, crowbars baseball bats, lead pipes, etc. Well, the best Road Rash game was the one, let's have some whiskey here. Was the one for Windows. And I want to say it was for Windows 95, 96, 97, because I pirated it. Um, because Road Rash 1 was good Road Rash 2 was very good I mean very 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 good and I can't remember if that was for the Game Gear or for the Genesis but it doesn't matter the best of all though was Road Rash for the PC when it finally came out which I pirated I'm sorry I pirated it Statue of Limitations probably long gone on that one I heartily encourage so hang on, here is the great thing about Road Rash you have this sense of being on a predefined track but the track only goes one way, so you only get to see it one time because basically the idea in Road Redemption is the same as it was in Road Rash, meaning that we're going to go point to point across a bigger map to get to a final objective. So Road Redemption starts off with um, the the guy who provides all the weapons, can you dig it, to all of the biker gangs in the entire country, this anonymous country, which is staffed entirely by Australians, which is cool, because we all love Australians, and we do, seriously, for reals Australians are rad I just have never met an Australian that I have not liked at least in real life 
So the assassin kills the guy who is the CEO or something of the company that makes all the weapons that all the biker gangs love. Because kids come running for the real taste of biker gang weapons. Um, and they put the company that whose CEO was assassinated puts out a $15 million bounty on the assassin and opens it up. The assassin is fleeing cross country on his motorcycle and all the gangs in New York City oh wait no that's the Warriors um, but all the gangs in New Australia or wherever we are uh, it's open season 15 million dollars to the writer to the clan to the biker gang that can kill the assassin so here's the thing unlike many other playlikes first of all I've been following Road Redemption since it came out in early access I want to say over a year ago and I thought it had really, really strong potential. It was not ready for prime time. Well, Road Redemption uh, came out earlier this week with its finished version. Ready for review. In fact, it was so finished that if you died, because it has permadeath, we'll get to that in a moment, when you died, the next screen that popped up gave you Ian Fish, the developer's uh, fucking cell phone number. Do you like this game? Tell Ian Fish, the developer, gave you his phone number. I have yet to call that number. Um, I was going to hook up some equipment so that we could call it together right now, but uh, I didn't expect this to be occurring at 4.52 in the morning. So, what does Road Redemption bring to the table? Well, unlike many other playlikes that are fan-inspired favorites of classic series, Road Redemption actually delivers an experience that is superior at least to my memories, and I'm sure to the memories of anyone who has ever played Road Rash. Um, It is better than Road Rash in every way, starting from the uh, violence quotient all the way through the two central principles of Road Redemption, which are one- it is designed as a roguelike. So you have permadeath. If you get killed in the game, you have to start the game over. If you beat the game, you have to start the game over. Two, and so all the upgrades in between that you do in between your races, which are a whole plethora of stat buffs and weapon buffs and vehicle buffs and, uh, you know, you want expanded ammo, you want 10% more cash find, do you want to have more health from uh, doing takedowns, from eliminating your opponents, do you want more nitrous, all this shit. Literally, there's like a dozen, it's probably like almost two dozen different things that you can upgrade. They're not all available to upgrade at any given time in between each individual mission, and they all rely on you spending money to be able to afford them. So that's, those are the first two things. The third thing is that it is procedurally generated, more or less. There are, it's not like the most wickedly random procedurally generated game I've ever played, but that's cool. The procedural generation that is there, more than enough, at least in my case, tied in with factor number four, is that Road Rash and Road Redemption because it's point to point and because you're not following a looping track and because it is the pursuit of an illegal activity 
your takedowns of players and stuff the geography doesn't have to be that varied but the fact that it is varied enough gives it the extra oomph to make me have played Road Redemption for, let's see this is a review by the way this is not a feature played for 25 hours, I've beaten it 4 times took me about 11 hours to beat it the first time because you have to buff your character because the fifth thing about Road Redemption is that when you die you get to spend all the experience points which you gain from completing individual races they're not races, they're they're missions because it's sometimes yeah it is all about who finishes first sometimes it's all about you have to kill seven of these people right now Blah, before the before you cross the finish line, otherwise you lose and no targets can escape and shit like that. Um all of these factors combine in really a lovingly rendered, unbelievably addictive, extraordinarily fun to play while stone. If you're like myself and out here in Las Vegas, Nevada, where it is legal recreational weed is completely legal I highly recommend or if you're in Seattle I highly recommend getting Road Redemption because even when you're stoned the game alright so even when you're stoned the game offers such a plethora of a plethora a plethora what does this mean a plethora anyway the infamous El Guapo himself loves Road Redemption. It's very rare that you find a... It's an insult to this game to call it a play-alike. But it is a play-alike because the single most crucial feature of Road Rash was this idea of being on a rotoscope track... Not a rotoscope. I don't know what, what the fuck you call it. But it's a track where your position on the screen never changes, just like the oldest of old arcade motorcycle racing games, and the track scrolls underneath you. That doesn't make the that does not mean that the track is not filled with endless amounts of fucking horror and danger and death, and you have to power slide around corners and you have to manage your nitro effectively and stuff. But all of this combined with the with the bike to bike on bike to bike on car combat and the sheer variety of strategies and stuff that you need to employ to make all that stuff work as a player make this game one of the most replayable titles just like the original Road Rash titles were um the ones that worked well this game it is nuts and bolts beyond the overall uh, what do you, patina of the franchise. If you take the uh, overall aspects of the franchise, just call them the patina. That's what the surface of the Road Rash franchise looks like. This game is superior. Partially because of its introduction of firearms, high explosives, and swords also partially due to its sheer fucking insanity factor which I will not tell you about look for later on in the week 
www.bestlinuxgames.com in spite of the fact that we can't get OBS to really work with MV Encoder in Mint 18 right now and the fact that we're having other problems I mean, if just listen to last week's episode if you want to know about other problems and that's not even the tip of the iceberg in terms of shit that your loyal team here on this side of the microphone is dealing with and producing this fucking podcast week to week um I, f- I lost my point there, but whatever. Bottom line is Road Redemption is fantastic. I've logged 25 hours in it. It is now available. Like, it's out. Recent reviews, very positive. 590, very positive. All reviews, 2,553. Released date October 4th, 2017. Um, kudos go out to Pixel Dash Studios and EQ Games, because what you will see in the video that I will release later this week, it's going to be like an hour and a half long, mm, is soup to nuts of the fucking crazy that you get in Road Redemption. Now, I would say, by the way, just for the record, Road Redemption gets Best Linux Games Podcast highest Award its highest honor. It's that that we are allowed to bestow upon developers. Road Redemption is absolutely worth its full price at nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents. I would love to be able to buy a supporters edition so that I could have my name in the game. Supporters edition is thirty four dollars and seventy eight cents. Um. Because I've never had my name in a video game yet. Which would be kind of cool. And I love this fucking game. So. Let me just real fast before we wrap up and get to the deals. Because there is one super deal this week. Let me just explain to you how the... um, How you play Road Redemption. First time you play it, you suck, you die. Well, you get some experience points. Maybe you make it through three races. Well, then you can upgrade. Then you get to see the skill tree now that you're dead. Then you get to spend your skill. It's a huge skill tree with lots of cool things that have direct, immediate, upgradable effects by spending skill points. Those skill points, just like any other roguelike, are permanent. Right now, 25 hours into the game, there's almost nothing I can spend skill points on, but there's still some unlocks that I have yet to get. The game is basically focused on three areas. The first one is like a desert, kind of wasteland, kind of Las Vegas-esque. Uh, North... Northern Nevada, in between Northern Nevada and Southern Nevada, kind of uh, desert rolling hills and stuff. Then there are the Sigmas, which are like these snowy mountain people. And then there are the phantoms, which occur in these burnt out, uh, ruined cities. Everyone speaks an Australian accent because we all know, all of us who know who Kathy Ireland is, love an Australian. I'm really Australian. And there's a war going on underground. The skill points you spend have a cumulative impact far beyond 
the impact of your choice of ride and or rider. I mean, your choice, those are essential things that you do. But really, if you've buffed out your skill tree like I have, the game is still challenging. Even better, once you beat the game the first time, you unlock, once you beat the game's main campaign mode, you unlock campaign plus, which is easily three and a half times as difficult as the normal campaign mode. (sighs) It's basically, if you get hit once with a tire iron in your face, you're dead. All of your enemies are super intense, super fast, super rubber bandy, and you lose. It's lots of fun. It's an excellent super challenge to have uh, available to you Although, I still prefer the main campaign to all this. Finally, well, next to last thing I want to say about Road Redemption is that it has it has a quick play mode, but it also has, and I I haven't tried it, because I've been afraid, and I just wanted to beat the game in time for Friday, and I ended up beating the game. I ended up getting high like three nights in a row which is kind of nuts for me um I just fucking playing four and a half hours of fucking road redemption before passing out um really really liked it but the main campaign is a bit short and in terms of programmatic level generation it could be a little bit more random and beyond that, it could also have uh, maybe three or four even areas to progress through with rival biker gangs. All of that aside, the speedrun mode takes you about an hour and a half if you're really lucky and very good um, to beat the game once you've like basically buffed out your entire skill tree beyond all reckoning, I start with guns I start with C4 sticky bombs I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a motherfucker I'm, I'm a mean, mean, mean mean, mean son of a bitch but there is a multiplayer mode that I have not tried to play yet but the fact that it is there is a testament to how fucking rad Road Redemption is and it's kind of a weird curse but I would love it if Pixel Dash Studios and EQ Games and Ian Fish took everything they learned from this game and made a sequel to Road Redemption maybe two years down the road that does not change at all one iota the fact that if you want 25 fucking unbelievable hours by the way, the second I'm done with this podcast guess what I'm going to be playing I'm going to be playing some more Road Redemption 25 hours into it I've been it over 3 times now I can't remember if it's 3 or 4 but I need one more writer to unlock the next writer block anyway the fact that the multiplayer exists even if it's not that great, I don't know. But I bet you that it's pretty great. And uh, 
Just the fact that it is there, is extant, is fucking rad. So I want to ask you, can you dig it? Yes, you can. Check out the video that's going to be up later on in the week. Even though we don't have OBS Studio up and running, we did it the old-fashioned way with Voco Screen and Cheese of us beating Road Redemption. Do we make it all the way? Do we not? It's actually a very funny video. Um, But Road Redemption, totally worth $19.99 absolutely worth $19.99 so there we go and now for our deal section once again with Sans Music evidently we don't have music for the deal section but our deals this week due to the deep silver weekend sale you can get one of the greatest games ever made literally ever made you can get Saints Row 4 Game of the Century Edition for now okay so here's the thing Saints Row 4, we all know how much I love Saints Row 4. Saints Row 4 Game of the Century Edition is different. And if you're listening to this, you need to buy it. Because the Game of the Century Edition includes it won't tell me how many different items it includes because I already have it. But it's like literally over 20 different items. The most important one in there. I don't care if you're half Jewish, half uh, half Latvian Jew, half Irish Catholic as am I, raised in both traditions, believer of neither, believer in none at this point in my dotage in my old age, I don't care if you are I don't care what faith you are or I don't care if you're uh, Jesus there we go Whoa, I just had a massive brain explosion inside my head. I don't care if you're agnostic, atheist, or anything in between. If you're Muslim, Jew, Catholic, Christian, Protestant, Lutheran, um, Episcopalian, I don't care. You need to get Saints Row 4 Game of the Century Edition, which right now through the weekend, is 80% off at $3.99 exclusively so you can play the Magnet... And I've ranted about it before on this show, but exclusively so you can play the How the Saints Save Christmas expansion mission, which runs... It takes about, like, what? An hour and 45 minutes? Something like that. Or maybe 45 minutes to beat but it is one of the single greatest Christmas specials ever made and will last the the test of time. If there is history left for us as a species to enjoy post the Trump administration, people throughout the decades and generations to come will still watch It's a Wonderful Life of all face and persuasions, because it brings out the best in what makes America America. It's a movie not about Christmas. It's a movie about, you know, the secular humanistic spirit of taking care of one's neighbor, of do unto others, of when you see someone in trouble, help them. Well, when How the Saints Save Christmas absolutely has to be 
on your Christmas list. Um, you know, for some it's Frosty the Snowman, for others it's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Island of Misfit Toys. But for me, Saints Row 4, which is one of the finest fucking video games ever made, absolutely bar none. How the Saints Save Christmas every year you will find yourself replaying it. And they made a good, they did a good job of making it easy to replay it. Like, you can just launch it from within the game um, after beating the game. And uh, the Game of the Century Edition includes every fucking expansion pack, every fucking DLC. It is $3.99, 80% off through the weekend. Cheers, thanks so much for listening. Uh, that will do us for our show. Uh, yeah, I will be back next week. Don't forget to check out the column, www.bestlinuxgames.com uh, bestlinuxgames.com Then up at the top of the screen it says Best Linux Games, the column. Check that out. Read all about Road Redemption and then go buy Road Redemption. Just go buy Road Redemption now. Tell Ian Fish that your old friend Skooky Sprite, Seth Fingers Flynn Barkin, motherfucker, sent you. Cheers. Have a good week. That'll do us. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.